Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast split between the hottest new game for Switch and the new hottest game for, like, everything else. I'm your host and the man who understands his limits and cancelled his Elden Ring pre-order, David Lloyd, and this week the pub gets together to talk about her exploits in both Triangle Strategy and Elden Ring. Starting with the man who uh, put the controller down just moments ago so that he could record this podcast, it's Jordan Rudick. I've still got goosebumps, I think, David. You should fly over here and come come feel this. Like I, I'm 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 shaking, <laughs> I'm like, you know, sweating, like I'm I'm a total I'm a wreck. And uh <laughs> it's just because I beat the second uh story boss or second major boss in Elden Ring. But man, what a what a great feeling that is. Like it's there are there are a lot of games that, you know, have big bosses, you take them down, you feel good, but it's it's something else entirely in a Soulsborne game when you you know, stand toe to toe as you've done 10 or 12 times or more and you finally take them down. Like it, it, it it's, it, it, you know, the, we, we love this feeling in RPGs and we've talked about this before the, you know, the last ditch effort, right? Like you got one character left. They've got, if they if they get hit one more time, they're dead. They're like down to like one HP or something like that. <laughs> um, and it's like that. Like, I feel like all the, some of the, at least all the story bosses I've beaten so far, I'm down to like my last hit. If the enemy attacks me successfully one more time, I'm done. And I swing one more time rather than block or try to heal, you know, and you just hope it's enough. And uh, it was enough this time. So I was able to make it on the podcast as a result and not uh, not be like, you know, throwing a controller against the wall or smashing my TV <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, it's yeah. good times. It's definitely hard. Uh, like, so uh, it's funny you're playing Elden Ring, and um, I I passed it on because of Triangle Strategy. I started, I played the demo and got so excited. I'm like, no, I I wanted to devote. I'm not going to have enough time to finish Elden Ring before Triangle comes out. So I'm going to wait. I'll probably get Elden Ring after I finish Triangle Strategy, depending on yeah. whatever. Well, and after Stranger of Paradise, I guess too, because uh, that's coming out right like I, I think two weeks after. Um, uh triangle strategy so it's going to be a square enix march for me and then i'll pop back into eldering but definitely tough watching all of the videos on twitter and and seeing it's it's a lot of moments just like you said where people are posting like either they're they're near wins like i saw this one video where there there was um, a boss that was like on a horse or a bull or something and they were on a horse and they were kind of running in circles and they had the boss down to, it was basically like they both were down to one hit each and so the, the, the person was running, uh, you know, on the horse, trying to stay away, get going in for the last hit on the kill. But then all of a sudden, like off screen, a villager like stabs them with a <laughs> with a flight, like a torch and a kills them. Torch, yeah. And I'm just I just barreled laughing because it's like so out of nowhere, like clearly the person playing didn't see that this per this character come out of nowhere either. It's just, you know, all you see is this little flame like from the side of the screen. No yeah. time to dodge and dead. And then and if um, you've ever played a game like that, like, you know, that feeling like it's so perfectly right. encapsulated in that one, like 20 second clip. And I think, yeah. I, yeah, everyone's seen that on Twitter. It was, there was great. no audio, but I could I could hear and feel the scream from the person oh, playing at the time. Yeah, yeah that if, if yeah. that's like your, you know, your 10th or 20th or 30th tried that boss <laughs> yeah. and that's that's how it goes down. Yeah, that that's that's when yeah. you walk away and you just you just quit for the day. You, you, know, you got to take a breather before something bad happens. But yeah. And then yeah, on the yeah. other end of the spectrum, I follow um, Soonhee Legend, and they they have some really excellent uh, action RPG or action game uh, videos all the time. Plenty, like I always um, marvel at like some of the near Automata stuff and mm-hmm. um, some of the other Soulsborne games that you see them do. And then uh, there was um, they had a video of them taking out the boss, and it's funny because the first boss, I believe it is, or uh, yeah. the, the typical first boss anyway, and uh, just seeing like 
the the timing of the dodges and I, i'm sure like this is clearly not like you know the first time i walked up to the boss probably took a, a few beatings to kind of get the timing down but it's just well that, that's one of the things of the dark souls games is i always find the timing like a millisecond off like you you think they're about to hit but then they delay that one millisecond so then when so that puts you in a position where you know you you do some kind of attack or dodge but the timing is wrong but now you're screwed like you're because you're about to take the hit and um just seeing like the the precision that that they you know go through and and then you you see these neat where they're like just blocking at the right moment where it staggers the boss and then they go in and stabs him in this in the stomach and i'm like man yeah. like they're just just decimating this boss it's just a, a treat to watch the bosses are so diabolical they're so like yeah you're right they always look like oh they're they're it looks like they're just about to swing their sword or their axe or whatever and then they hesitate or they spin around or they just they they hang in midair for a second and you <laughs> yeah. think you've got a chance to hit them and as soon as you take that that opportunity you think you have that's when you get crushed by them right and so yeah, yeah it's it's just it's such a wonderful blend of of patience and trying not to be too greedy and trying to figure out yeah, being observant, I guess, is what I mean. Like you're trying to see what the patterns are. Does it change? And usually halfway through the bosses, they transform into something even more deadly or, or just grotesque or something like that. <laughs> and the, yeah, the, the first two story bosses in Elden Ring are just they're they're crazy. They're so there's the, the just the the spectacle of it all, right? Like just seeing them, the little cutscene that plays beforehand, you know, listening to the talk and just the way they move and the way they're designed like it's. It really is something else to see. And um, I hope that people aren't getting too turned off by the difficulty of those first two bosses because it is staggering. And I think the idea is you're meant to kind of maybe test them out. And if you're a veteran player, you might be able to take them down. But if you're a newer player, try your luck. And if you don't, if you're not successful, go back, grind a little bit, improve your weapons and then come back. And that's kind of what I did, actually, even though I played a bunch of these games before. I usually um, will take out some of the tougher bosses in co-op. I'll, I'll summon uh, a friend or something like that or a random person. But I'm not really doing that with Elden Ring. I'm kind of surprising myself a little bit. Um, I, I've, you know, I've, I've buffed up my weapon. I've added holy damage to it. I've got a fireball spell now. Like uh, I've powered up my healing potions uh, quite a bit. I've got eight of them now. Um, and it's just from going around the world and doing a lot of little things that you become more capable as an adventurer, as a hero, and then you can go back and take out those bosses that gave you trouble. So um, if anyone, we're going to talk, we're going to get into it more, but uh, just don't, don't be, if you see something that is too difficult, like just go somewhere else. Like, I think that that's the best advice that I've heard out there and that I can echo as well, is that the the game is kind of telling you in a subtle way that you're not ready for something uh, until you start doing a bunch of damage and it fe- really does feel like you can get the boss down to like their last slivers of health, then you maybe want to keep trying it. But um, yeah. if they're really beating the crap out of you, like go back and do some other <laughs> stuff. There's just too, there's too much in that world to do to get stuck in one place for too long. Yeah. Well, and that's been my experience with uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls and so, uh, Bloodborne is all the same thing. There's like this, there's this hump that you have to kind of get to, and then all this, you, there's all this frustrating frustrations leading up to it. But then it, it's kind of has this downhill effect where it's like, okay, it was it was very difficult, but now I've kind of gotten to the point where now I'm kind of rolling. So uh, it kind of sounds or getting those same vibes from Elden Ring. Yeah, Absolutely, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, before we get uh, deep into the games that we've been playing in Elden Ring and Triangle Strategy, uh, just a couple of quick bites. Uh, 
uh, you know, before then. Uh, so one of the things, you know, that that's been in the news recently, too, is that the Steam Deck has been released or is they started releasing them to uh, the, the early adopters, the people who managed to get in there right at the beginning with their pre-orders. So they've started to go out. I heard it's going to start with like tens of thousands and then eventually hundreds of thousands. Unfortunately, I was in the uh, post Q2 uh, crowd. So even if I wanted one, it was going to take it probably be end of the year at the earliest from the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those things where they're like, they keep talking. You you hear these, oh, well, this is, you know, yes, the supply has been uh, hampered by pandemic. And but we, you know, we're we really want to get these out. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of industry talk for, uh, (laughs) you know, we (laughs) you're going to be waiting a long time, like, especially when you look at like, ps5s and x uh, series x's like they're still sold out everywhere so i i'm not too hopeful of uh, being next in line for a steam deck anytime soon but the reviews kind of soured me on you know, getting in on the first probably the first gen of the steam deck uh, a couple things specifically like one was uh, i was watching a video and and a lot most of the people that i've read have all echoed this same kind of sentiment in that the software kind of isn't quite there yet that it'll I mean, you know, by the time I got one, it'll probably be there because lots of people are working on it and and uh, kind of that community open source, you know, it'll get there sooner or later. But the, the things that kind of bother me are the, the the battery life doesn't sound great. Like it's they were actually talking about Elden Ring, like if you're playing on Elden Ring with kind of reasonable settings, it's about 90 minutes. And I'm like, oh, that's like, that's not great. Uh, and then I think they were playing like 30 FPS or something like that. That seems to be one of the things is like, well, the batteries is good if you like put all the settings down. And it's like, well, that's, <laughs> that's not that's what's not, the point. What's right? the point? What's the point yeah. <laughs> like, it yeah. makes no sense. So, you know, there was that. And then uh, the fan being on constantly like that, that would get on my nerves because even now, like it bothers me when the switch fan starts really ramping up and it sounds like a jet engine and, uh, you know, right near your face while you're trying to play like i I don't like when the fan really and with the switch i don't feel like it ever gets that far unless you're playing something very graphically intensive like you know my kids play Fortnite and i all hear it but regular games like you know triangle strategy we that i'm going to talk about later like the fan doesn't really turn on enough loud enough to hear it and but watching the videos with the steam deck i was kind of like oh man that's that's not great but yeah the the fact that uh you really have to kind of compromise the experience in order to get certain things out of the out of the deck made it seem like yeah you know what i'm gonna wait to the second generation of this like i'm very excited for it but i just don't think i'm i'm kind of the uh, the kind of person that should really jump in on this this early tech so what i did instead was uh i used the money i actually had the money set aside that i was going to be spending and i actually ended up buying a new samsung a52 phone um so I'm only using, I'm not even using it as a phone. It's This is like my uh, dedicated remote place, you know, the PS remote, Xbox uh, uh, remote and Steam link. Like this is going to be the way I play like all my non-switch stuff portably around the house. And uh, it's got this great big seven and a half inch uh, screen. It's OLED, 120 hertz. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, definitely like the best screen I've ever had on a mobile device. And I picked up a Razer Kishi. Um, so this is uh, basically like when uh, I actually tweeted a picture about it. it. It looks like a switch when it's in your hands. Like it's it's got uh, pretty nice, you know, the controls on each side, like a Joy-Con. Although the um, 
the 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 buttons themselves are i would say they're not quite console quality but they're still better than like your standard joy cons like they're a little more substantive um and uh, it feels solid with my particular phone like it it could be i'm sure the experience will probably be different with depending on the thickness of your phone and that sort of thing but mine fits in pretty snugly so it doesn't feel like it's not wiggling in my hands or anything like it's not falling out of the joy cons it feels very solid and I can run uh, games like 60 FPS at 1080p, so it looks beautiful on the OLED screen. And uh, yeah, and it looks it just feels great. Like the the buttons feel great. My only critique, I think, would be is that the trigger buttons, um, the shape of them are kind of weird. Like they're not very deep, so your your finger kind of hangs off it a little bit, and it's a little uh, scratchy. I guess would be like it's they're they're, they're not like curved edges. Like they're it, it, so. It, Maybe with time, like as a, you kind of wear it down a little bit, maybe the the it'll kind of uh, dull out or, or round out or something with like just the oil in your fingers or something. But, uh, you know, the, the joysticks feel great and uh, the buttons are kind of, um, you know, mashy, so they feel good. It feels kind of like using an Xbox controller, which I think they kind of have a, a quasi partnership with because it, they use the the Xbox layout of the buttons where the B and A and X and Y are, in, are like inverted. And, um, but yeah, it looks, it, it works terrific. So if anyone's out there kind of looking for that switch experience with everything but a switch, uh, I know like it, it works great on my Wi-Fi, and, um, you know, it works for the PS5. Well, with the PS, I can't use the Kishi with the P with the PlayStation because it, um, PlayStation only lets you use a PlayStation controller, but for Xbox and Steam Link, it, it works great. And I have a kind of a separate, uh, holder for the playstation controller but you know loving loving that experience it's funny david that you 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 talk about the scene dragon i'm glad you brought up the kishi because i've been uh, the one i've been looking at is the backbone but i think that one's only apple devices right now i'm hoping they hoping that changes and they bring it to samsung uh devices at some point because i'd probably jump on that just because i've heard really good things about it and i I, it just looks like it would feel good Uh, i'm glad you got to try try out the razor um i uh, the funny thing about the steam deck is it, it almost depends on who you talk to, like because I've I've listened to podcasts, I've heard people that had really good experiences with it. Uh, but I think the, the the bottom line and kind of what you end with this idea of waiting for the next gen, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I, I heard really good things about it, it got me a little bit more interested in it, still does feel like a try want to try it before I buy it kind of thing. Um, but ultimately yeah maybe maybe waiting for another iteration of that uh, of the steam deck and all the changes they'll make to it all the bugs they'll iron out um it, i just don't need it enough to be like an early adopter and uh you know the, the people that are getting it now like they are going to make it better like that's a really good thing you you talked about you know community involvement and and mods and things that are open and you know you're going to get all that feedback and all those you know people that are really interested in what the system is uh, what the computer is that that you know they know how to uh, you know get the most out of it, I guess. So uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. That I'm a little more interested in the Steam Deck now, actually, now that it's in people's hands, and I've heard at least from the, the you know sources I was looking at some good impressions. And so uh, I'll be kind of paying attention to it a little bit more and seeing when the next iteration comes out because there there are a lot of games that I see that like oh. You know, they're indies and Steam only. And, you know, if they do come to Switch, it's going to be way later. And like some of those games I just don't want to wait for or I kind of forget about if I if I end up waiting for them to come to another platform. So or the experience uh, I, is compromised a bit like it doesn't sure, look as good sure. or it's maybe like you could play 60 FPS on on 
Steam, but then it drops to 30 or lower on Switch. Like it's even even the price, right? Even the price on Steam, yes. like taking advantage yeah. of a sale, a sale or early access or something like that. All those things that I do like about Steam, just bringing that to a portable platform, which would be better for my situation. Yeah, I, I'm a little more on board with that stuff now after hearing uh, hearing people talk about it. So yeah. uh, I thought I thought it was kind of cool that Gabe Newell was also going around and delivering some of the Steam decks. I don't know if you saw that. Like he, there were photos on Twitter of him just kind of dressed in his yeah, like, normal clothes, that, going yeah. out just to <laughs> hand delivering them. Right. So yeah. that, that's kind of a, that's kind of a cool experience, and it does make me feel like they obviously have like some faith in this, and uh, they're going to be putting more time and effort towards it. So yeah, maybe the maybe Gen Two Steam Deck. Uh, maybe I'll have one of those. Yeah, I actually I actually thought about the backbone as well, because I do have an iPhone as my regular phone, um, smaller, much, much smaller than my yeah. Samsung, which is why. But the, the problem I had with backbone is that so it's twice the cost of the Kishi. Like I got my Kishi for 70 bucks. The backbone is 140. But then mm. the backbone also has an, an annual subscription fee. <laughs> Oh, really? I, okay, I didn't know about that. That's, There's like an uh, app that comes with it, and it's annoying. like 50 bucks a year. And I'm like, screw you guys. Like, uh, yeah. it's not that good. Um, and you can't use it without the app. Is that right? Or is it just for updates? Or what? I don't know. There's, there's, uh, I don't, there's some kind of uh, reduced usage. Like, there's definitely something that you have to have, like, you have to have the subscription to use it for certain. I don't know if it's like for certain apps or something. Like, it only works with certain things, but. There, there was definitely like enough, whatever, whatever it was that it, it we couldn't do. Like I was like, screw it. Like I'm not, I'm not paying 50 bucks a month just to be able to, to do like the remote play or whatever it was that it wouldn't yeah, do without yeah. it. So I said, forget it. But yeah, like if you have a Samsung phone, like the Kishi at 70 bucks is a pretty, pretty decent, um, stop gap, I guess would, I would say for playing, like I played, um, uh oh the infradex uh i was the the game that you reviewed for switch that's right that's that. right that's yeah. what i remember playing, playing that, that on game pass and it felt so i played the cloud version i started the cloud version just to see what it was like which was it was fine my internet's not great so it wasn't great but then i switched over to um like console mode and it worked perfect and it looked great so um yeah it's definitely a, an option for people out there but uh i'll just do one uh, quick really quick one before we jump into Elden Ring here and that's uh I I'm reviewing Voice of Cards the uh the Maiden oh man the what's Forsaken the, Maiden the Forsaken Maiden <laughs> hey yeah. you played it more recently than me I you're know, supposed to I'm remember that trying to remember I'm like I know there's something about a Maiden um yeah it's pretty neat so far the uh I guess the highlights so far is that the the kind of chapter-esque like the the it's much more like you have the, your, your part, the same party for pretty much the entirety of the game in the, in the first one. So it's a little odd this where there's like, okay, I have, you know, the two or two and a half, I guess you'd consider people that are always there. And then you kind of add people to your party as you go. So I played through the first story, I guess it would be. And, uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've got quite an opinion on which one I like better. Like I'm still leaning towards the first one being better just because the, I don't know. I th- there was a little bit more of that Yoko Taro humor uh, in the first game that I'm not really feeling quite yet. Like there was a little bit of it, but it it's, doesn't quite seem to have the same personality as the first one. So we'll see as I get into the other um, islands uh, if, if that changes. But uh, it still has that that uh, it. I mean, it, it's all sold on the presentation, right? Like you're you're playing that. It's still a very basic RPG. <laughs> it's not very difficult. The, the, you know, the battles aren't very hard. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one neat thing is like they have a lot of um, the combo attacks, which I, I it, which is pretty neat. Like where if you save up your gems, you can have certain characters do a combination attack that that uh, that's pretty powerful. So I think that's a neat addition that wasn't really there in the first game. Um, so that's pretty neat. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far, and I'll probably have more thoughts on it later. But yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that you're getting a chance to try it out. I'm curious when you get to the end how you'll compare this one to the first game, especially in terms of story. It's tough when you're playing them on different platforms for sure. Um, the Switch version is a, a little bit of a downgrade compared to uh, playing it on PlayStation or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think the huge difference is in the narrative structure. So when you get through more of it, I'll be I'll be eager to hear your thoughts on it. Mm. We've uh, come to the point we got to give you lots of time because uh, I know you ha- you have lots of uh, great things to say about Elden Ring, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it because, like I said, I I might not have purchased it yet, but I'm I'm excited, and uh, I've already heard some of the stories. Uh, you told me a little bit about it so far, and it's only yeah. getting me more hype. So, uh, you know, lay it on me. Let's let's hear uh, how great it is. Like I just, <laughs> I mean that that's what it is. Like I feel like. I feel like when I'm talking about this game, when I'm thinking about it, everything is an exaggeration. Like, it, it can't be that good. It can't be like, you know, it, it's just more Soulsborne. It's just open world Soulsborne. Like, it, we, we can we can try to condense it into some simplification, I guess, you know, that, that maybe makes it less than what it is. But the truth is, this is a this feels like a generational game. It, it does feel like something that, you know, when this comes along, uh, years and years from now, people are still going to remember this one. Like this is the, uh, it's a game changer. You know, like taking taking elements that we know of. You know, we know what Soulsborne games generally do with their difficulty and their obscurity um, and their you know punishing combat um, and just just a a world that is so intricate and interesting to explore and then magnify that times like thirty, right? Like make it <laughs> yeah. so that you there's all these nooks and crannies that you can explore. And you you just constantly stumble into things that are fascinating, right? Like, I'll, I'll give a little anecdote to maybe uh, whet everybody's appetite who either hasn't played it or maybe they haven't gotten this far. But I, I, I found a, a building kind of in the middle of the nowhere, a middle of nowhere. Um, it looked like a, 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 sh- a shrine, I guess. Uh, there was a big giant guy guarding a big kind of flame uh, golem or something. Ran past him. I go into the shrine and I take an elevator that goes down into the earth. Um, the area that I, where I found the shrine, like I was pretty familiar with it. Like I, I'd been kind of running around it for a little while. Uh, but I take this, I take this elevator down into this um, kind of an underground river area. It looks like, and it turns out to be an, like an ant colony. Like there's these giant ants that I'm fighting down there. Um, yeah. I'm going through kind of these, these, <laughs> tunnels infested with ants i find um you know tons of tons of treasure and loot and crafting materials down there but these ants are terrifying like i i can i can take them out but if they start spraying like this there's some kind of poisonous something on me it, it one hit one hit kills me so i have to be really careful when i'm down there um eventually i get there's another kind of 
temple or underground ruins that are that's under that's further down in these these catacombs. Uh, there's some giant things shooting magic at me. I end up finding the the boss is down there and it's a, a, a lightning dragon. Like I, I go from like an ant colony to like a, a water, a waterlogged area where this dragon's firing el- electricity and kind of electrifying all the water, all the ground underneath me. And I'm like, okay, the ant part, I, w- I was probably a good enough level to take out like that. The, just exploring the area. But when I got to that dragon, I'm like, I'm not ready for this dragon. So I'm going to, I'm going to back out of here. And the game is filled with these moments like this, where you just you find something that you don't expect, a whole new area that that turns out to be a dungeon with a major boss. Or maybe maybe, maybe the dragon isn't even major boss. I have no idea. But there, there's tons of bosses in this game. Like you, you run into them regularly enough that you're like, oh, like here's another challenge for me to either come back to or try to take on, or I yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'm nowhere near the level I need to be, and you recognize that right away. And you're like, Wait, I got to remember this spot on my map. I need to come back here later, or maybe I'll have to. Maybe it's a story mission you might not even know. Um, usually, the story uh, things that are narrative uh, focused or, or mainline uh, quests, you, they'll be like a cutscene. I, I I think this one might have had a cutscene. I don't remember, but um, I wasn't ready for that. But I'm encountering stuff like this all the time. You might just be climbing around like a cliff face, and you find like. Uh, a, a small minor dungeon. They're usually called catacombs or caves or something like that. It'll be like the cave of something or the black catacombs or something. And it's like a little miniature dungeon. Like you, you go through almost like a shrine in, in Breath of the Wild. And it might, not, it might not necessarily be puzzle focused. There'll be some combat, there'll be a boss, there'll be some treasures, but there might be some secrets there too. There might be like a hidden boss or you might have to, you know, ride an elevator or activate a switch that opens up a hidden passage or something, or you fall down a little hole and it takes you to somewhere new in there. Um, and the nice thing about a lot of a lot of Elden Ring is there are waypoints everywhere, pretty much. Like you're unlocking what what are called bonfires, or like Shrine of Graces or Lost Graces or something like that. You find those everywhere. Uh, so those are your those are your healing points. But usually, where there's a boss fight or, or a difficult uh, combat scenario, you'll find these shrines of Mara. They're just like they look like little crosses almost. Um, and you'll be able to restart at a shrine of Mara or something like that. Um, you'll be able to restart at that if you if you fail. So death isn't as punishing in this game uh, in the same way it is in other games, where you might have to do a lot of backtracking just to get back to the boss fight. In Elden Ring, you usually brought right back to the fight to try it again if if you are capable of if you are if you do think you're capable of taking them out. Um, you do still lose your your ruins, so uh, which which are souls basically the currency in this game. So you got to go pick those up if you die. But frankly, like I. I don't think it's as big a loss in this game, given there are so many ways to earn ruins. Like in Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, losing your losing your currency felt a little bit more demoralizing because there were only so many ways, only so many places to go to earn currency. But in Elden Ring, you have this whole huge world to go around with a lot of weak enemies, medium, you know, difficulty enemies and, and tougher ones, uh, ways to grind, ways to get your character to the a high enough level if, if you need to, if that's the way you want to play the game. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I said on Twitter, I'm addicted to this game and I, I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop playing it. I I've had like a few nights in a row where I've just had three or four hour sessions, like in the blink of an eye, like no problem. And I don't want, I'm forcing myself to go to bed. Like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to stop playing, but I've got work tomorrow. I got to wake up early. I got to do breakfast with the kids. I can't, I can't keep playing this game, but I want to. And man, if I was a bachelor still <laughs> and this game came out, 
I, I, I'd like lose my job or something. I'd lose all my friends. Like it, this is, this is, it, I'm just so engrossed in this game. Like, like I've really never been in a, in never been before. I think Breath of the Wild was the closest to when I just couldn't stop playing a game, but this might be even more. And I, I'm, I'm almost scared by that fact that it's just <laughs> that there's so much more to do in this game. And I'm like, when, when am I going to finish this? I, I'm, I'm 18 hours in. I feel like there's tons still to do. Like again, I, I just finished the second story boss just before we hopped on the call here for the podcast. Um, so super jacked about that. But I don't even want to do like the story bosses. Like I, I'm kind of doing them as I as I come to them or as I feel prepared for them. But there's just so many little things in this world to lose yourself in. Just just riding around on your horse. I only learned like a day or two ago. Your horse can double jump. I didn't even know that. Like <laughs> there, there there's there's uh, features or mechanics, things you can do in the game. I'm still learning about. And that that's another great thing about the game too, is not just learning about the world, but learning about your capabilities within it. Well, it's definitely like the perfect water cooler game because like, even like I, I go to work, there's a guy at work who picked it up and he, he's not even, I don't know if he's ever played a souls souls born game before because he's coming and telling me about like all these things that I'm like, yeah, that sounds like what I would expect from a, from software game. And, and and yeah, these it's the same thing. He's got stories. Like he was telling me the story about he went to uh, he was at like a treasure chest, and there was someone had left like a, a user had left a message on the ground saying trap ahead, and he's like it's a treasure chest. Like what do you mean yeah. trap ahead? How bad could it be? So he opened the treasure chest, and apparently it teleported him to some different area. Yes, and yes, it was like yes. an area where um, there's nothing that he could do but run for his life because <laughs> he was so under leveled <laughs> yeah. for the yeah. area so he's like i'm just i'm just running for my life like he goes i'm i'm sweating i'm just like i'm anxious i'm like i don't want to lose my my ruins and i'm I'm just trying to beep up and scat out of there and he's and uh and yeah the i'm you see that all the time like on twitter and everything and and talking to people it's like they have all these stories like of like you know this is what happened to me when i i went to this area and and um yeah it's like he's it's funny that uh, the, the comparison to Breath of the Wild because it's a very similar feeling. It seems like this, mm-hmm. this you know, here's the world, explore it. And I remember when we were playing Breath of the Wild, and we'd be like, "Hey, I found this new area with this." And and I remember, I think I was like eighty or ninety hours in, and I only found like this one graveyard of like bones somewhere in in like the bottom, kind of like a southeastern area that I never. You know, I thought I had been everywhere and all of a sudden there's this big area in Breath of the Wild I didn't even know existed. And how many people have played Breath of the Wild for forever and didn't even know that the village in the south, that little like beachy village, which yeah, doesn't exactly. really have any significance in the game, but it's just kind of there. And and so many people are like, wow, there's a village here. Nobody knew. <laughs> like it's pretty small and stuff. So kind of hearing all those stories is, is pretty uh, incredible. Um, it, it's it's fun to to know that it's like this is kind of it, it. It reminds me of the old saying where they're like, and that's this is the day he became president. And it's like I feel like it's like this is the day that the next gen of video games like kind of came to be. Like this is what it's going to be now. You know, like this huge, huge open areas of exploration, and this is kind of going to be. And I'm really, I'm I'm sure you could trace this back to kind of Breath of the Wild of you know, setting the stage of like, this is a new genre kind of defining, like we, sure. we've obviously had these before, like, you know, Skyrim's kind of that way, but um, 
it just feels it's it's a different type of exploration to me like it's it, it doesn't it feels different from from skyrim in a, in a sense yeah elden ring like you're not if skyrim and breath maybe so let's talk about skyrim for a second because i think there is a comparison we made in skyrim you kind of you, you kind of open your map and you you see kind of what thing where, where things are um and you can maybe f- you can figure out you can see a town in the distance you can kind of figure out where things are or you can kind of identify your surroundings maybe a little bit more um there is still that sense of discovery absolutely but elden ring it's a lot it feels a lot more mysterious it feels really like you 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 randomly come across things of of, of significance or things that you really really want to do like if you find a cave in skyrim like yeah that, that might be fine like you might find some treasure in there you might find something useless in there uh you know the enemies might be too hard or too easy I feel like in Elden Ring, like every every kind of encounter or every um, new discovery, like that, just feel a little bit more meaningful. Like if you're the right level, then you're gonna get something useful for you now. If it's too hard, then you're gonna maybe want to pinpoint on your map and come back later, and then you'll get something that's useful to you later, maybe. Um, but at all times, you you're you're that goal of kind of topography, I suppose, of of making a map or filling in the map for yourself does feel really satisfying. Like something I really like about the Soulsborne games is collecting all the weapons. Like, I I feel like that's kind of like a mini quest, you know, like you don't necessarily buy duplicate weapons anywhere. You go to shops and buy weapons. You more, you more find them in chests or you find them from defeating enemies. And once you have like all the weapons, you can kind of try them all out and choose which one is best for you. And I I like that as maybe like something to do in the end game or during a second playthrough, you've got uh, all of the weapons that you can choose which one you want to use. Um, like I'm still using my basic broadsword that I've buffed up a ton. Uh, you know, I think it's like plus nine or something and I added holy damage. And so like that, that's good enough for me for now. It's kind of, it's a little bit basic, but um, I'm not ready to experiment with weapons. I still want to just be proficient with one for now. Um, but yeah, there's just so much in this game that the discovery feels really, really satisfying. Like everything everything is different like every every new dungeon you go to you're going to fight a new boss or new new smaller enemies or discover new treasures or new puzzles like skyrim doesn't really do that a lot of the caves you go into they're going to kind of be the same right like yeah. so and, and obviously that's an older game like it's not necessarily a fair comparison elden ring is definitely building on everything that's come before but i think even compared to something like Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild d- does, there are a lot of empty parts of that game. I think there are fewer empty, meaningless spaces in Elden Ring. Um, and even the ones that are empty, like, the, oh, gosh, the game is just gorgeous. Like, let, let's not get <laughs> ourselves like, it, it, you know, and you, you mentioned like next gen. That, that's the funny thing about Elden Ring. It's not designed for next gen, right? Like it is a cross gen game imagine i think it's already a 10 out of 10 imagine if it was exclusively developed for ps5 and xbox series x and and high-end pcs like rather than trying to show up on five different platforms which obviously involves compromises if this was truly just developed for next gen imagine what we would have had what we would have on our hands here it's already you know uh i'm gonna just say game of the year i i don't i don't know that this game will not i don't know how it can't be game of the year for me at least and for for a lot of people you know if breath of the wild 2 comes out uh that that could be uh if starfield is just insanely good it could be starfield i it's going to take a lot to knock this from the top uh from the top ring i think yeah i don't like uh, breath of the wild 2 will be good but i'm just concern that breath of the wild 2 is going to be just more breath of the wild and it's not going to be 
it's not going to have that same kind of revolutionary feel to it. So I don't know if like the expectations might not be there. Like if it's, if it's very similar to the first one, but maybe with like slightly cha- with some changes to the map or something, or maybe they add some verticality or, cause it seems like there's something going on with like going into the clouds and stuff. I, I don't know if, if it's going to be enough, like unless it's a ground up re like reimagining, I, I don't know if it's going to satisfy everyone to the, to the same extent that it would put it into the game of the year. If it was if it was a Majora's Mask to an Ocarina of Time, would that be enough, or would that be not not <sighs> I still, not I not enough to, like deliberately not enough? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be enough. Like it's it's hard to say. Like uh, obviously, like I guess uh, again, it, it'll depend on. It's funny you mentioned the empty spaces. Like I think that if they still have lots of empty spaces, like they did, I think that is going to kind of you know, suck up some of the, some of the oxygen in the conversation where it's going to be like, Oh, well look at the, the empty spaces. Like they're still here. And, uh, so it's, yeah, I don't know. It it depends. Like I, I, you never want to count them out because they can always come up with some different mechanic for sure. Like using Majora's mask is kind of an apt thing because like, you never know, like maybe there's some kind of time travel thing or something or, or teleporting or something that they, they, you know, adds that extra layer that maybe changes it enough where it's different. And, and then there's the, you know, what if they add dungeons, like real dungeons, you know, like, like the, the, the divine beasts were were kind of disappointing those areas because there really wasn't any enemies in there. So if all of a sudden you have like true dungeons, maybe that's enough to kind of move Mm -hmm. the needle for people. And I think you need that because I mean, that is something Elden Ring has. Elden Ring has like the normal levels, the castles, the dungeons that you're used to from, from other games like Demon Souls, like Dark Souls, those kind of castles that you go into, for example, like they're they're here. Like they might some of them are smaller. The story focused ones or the story, the ones where story bosses uh, end up being a part of like th- those are they're kind of they might not be exactly as intricate, but they're there, you know, and th- they're still pretty big. There's still like shortcuts to unlock and, um, you know, waypoints to open up treasures to find all that kind of stuff. Mini bosses within like it's I, I don't know. I, I I find it hard to put into words just how how this game makes me feel like i, I i'm so happy I, I can't believe it's this good like i really <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised like i, I it, you know we, i is there some I, kind I, of I fast to, travel oh yeah yeah you can yeah. fast travel basically anywhere at any time like okay in, in addition to you know, it is fun to just get on your horse and gallop around like i i'm 18 hours in i've probably covered you know maybe 20 25 percent of the map or something that i've looked at oh, i think geez. i have i think i have 30 <laughs> waypoints I think I have 30 to maybe 40 even waypoints that I've opened up. Like there, there are tons of these sites of uh, sites of grace. I, I keep forgetting what they're called. Like I keep forgetting what everything in this game is called because I've discovered <laughs> like much. a million things. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what any statue is. I don't know the name of the bosses. I don't know the name of anything. All I know is that this game is incredible. Like it's so good. And yeah, I, it's not going to be for everybody. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think you have to already like this genre. It's not. I don't think it. It might be more approachable than other games in in the Soulsborne category, but I think you still have to have a desire or interest in those games to start with, because it, it is still very much one of those. Even if it does of some small things to make it easier to play, 
Um, one of the nice things that it does is off, and, and this happens more at the beginning of the game, maybe to ease players in. When you fight mobs in the overworld, uh, you're not in a dungeon. You're just kind of like finding groups of enemies uh, uh, in, on one of the gra- grassy plains or something like that. When you fi- when you fight them, usually when you clear out a group, you'll get some of your health potions back. So you find that less often do you even rely on the bonfire, uh, the sites, the grace points, whatever the hell they are. You rely on them less for healing because you get more natural healing out in the world. It feels like if you're That's at good. least if you're if you're kind of boosting your flasks and you know, upgrading your potions regularly, and you do you do get a lot of materials to do that if you're exploring. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't you rely more on the bonfire points for teleporting. I, at least that, that's what I find than as a kind of sanctuary point. And it's about discovering them and kind of that that's how you kind of mark your path or you mark where you've been just by activating those points on the map. And that's what I really like about them. The, the bonfire in, from Dark Souls was more you know, to feel safe. But I don't I don't there aren't a lot of times in Eldering where I feel like unsafe all the time. And if I do feel unsafe, it's because I'm in an area where I'm not strong enough. But if you're if you are strong enough, you have the high enough level, if your equipment is good enough, you you feel confident. You feel like this sense of like, I can beat these guys like I can. Yeah, the, the, those wizards are really annoying. I'm going to have to get close to them because their projectiles are pretty tough to counter. But I can roll around them. I can run up to them. I can I can dodge their their projectiles. I can get in close. And if I can take them out with two or three or four sword swings, I know I'm in the right place. And I think it's a lot of trying to be successful in this game is figuring out Am I in a place where I can where I can win? Am I in a in an area of the map where I can succeed? And if you're not, then go somewhere else because the game is so big. And you you mentioned uh, you mentioned someone at work find you know finds this treasure and it teleports them somewhere. There are those opportunities all over the place. Like there are, there are teleporters, there are traps or treasures that move you to one place. <laughs> one thing that I actually don't like about the game, and it's nothing to do with the game, it's it's all the trolls that are posting messages that don't, oh, that yeah. aren't very helpful in the game. So you, you see that yeah. people talking about that on social media too, is like everyone's posting messages all over the map and you know, like 10% of them are helpful. You know, 30, 40% are just jokes. 30, 40% are just people trolling you, trying to like make you jump off a cliff or something like that. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of funny that like, like the one this, that this was trolling try finger, try finger, butthole. That's it. It's Did everywhere. That yeah. Try, try finger space or new line, yeah. but B U T space yeah. hole. I don't, I, I don't even, I never make the messages. <laughs> I just read them and they're, they're atrocious right now. Like it's, yeah. it's almost, a, it's a bad part of like so many, uh, as part of this troll culture has now gotten their hands on this game. And yeah, I'm sure people think it's funny and like boasting it on uh, social media is funny, but like playing the game is just annoying, <laughs> I think. Like, uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. But again, it's just one of those things to experience about this that's it's new and we haven't really seen that before. So um, it does feel like the game's opening up. It feels like a whole genre is opening up to people, which is really cool. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see how this game evolves, if they're going to maybe update the PS5 and uh, Series S and X versions to make them run a little bit better. There is some performance hiccups. You know, you, you can there's some pop in for sure. Uh, the frame rate, you know, it, it's I think it's in the 45 ish to 60 range. It's not constant, though, but n- n- never really to the point that it's it, it's frustrating or annoying or anything like that. You, you just notice it a little bit. So we'll see if the performance improves throughout the year as more and more people pick up the game. But 
yeah, it's going to be really hard to top this uh, for with anything else coming out. And I, I know we're going to talk about another game that you know I'm very much looking forward to. And uh, in we've both played the demo, obviously, but Elden Ring is it, it is it is a, it is a generational game. It is it is going to define games that come after it. It's going to you know constantly invite comparisons, and people are going to talk about it as best game of all time. And I, I think those are valid, um, even if there are it's not it's not perfect you know no game is but it does does so many things well and it's so fun to play like gosh i'm still i still feel like i'm suffering the you know physiological effects of that boss fight (laughs) that i just finished like i i I haven't had a chance to i haven't had a chance to kind of unwind from it i haven't had a chance to um decompress i guess you know i'm still kind of that that stress is still in my body. Uh, I, oh, I, I can't wait to talk about this. Thing. I want to talk about this fight. I, I I'm not even really talking about this game with anybody. Like, cause yeah. obviously, you want to avoid spoilers, but you want to also find individuals that are playing the game. And you can, like you said, it is a perfect water cooler game. Like, find a group, find a friend, uh, a family member who's playing the game, and talk about it with them. Call them. You know, text them. I found this. Did you see this? Oh, th- this this part was so cool. Did you finish that boss? Like. There's tons of those moments. There's seemingly an unlimited number of those moments in this game um, that that people are going to have. So I can't wait to see how the discourse keeps up with this game. Are people going to be talking about this game next month? It doesn't seem like there are a ton of multi-platform games to knock this one off. You know, like um, Stranger of Paradise does feel a little bit more niche. Um, PS5 only, I think, too. And uh, yeah, there you go. Even even more so. Or PS um, or I, PlayStation anyway. PlayStation, yeah. Um, but I don't know what else is coming down the pipe that's big like this. You know, I mentioned Starfield. Uh, yeah, well, that'll def- be, definitely. And we'll be lucky if that that uh, actually. Well, well, that that's November anyway, isn't it? Or is it December? I think, or, de- uh, yeah. or at least, yeah. It's, it's sometime like very very near the end of the year. So there's a, that might it might even be so late that it wouldn't even be in go- game of the year consideration. Like, that's yeah. kind of funny thing. Like, I was Z- thinking Xenoblade about today, right? Three might be the next kind of uh contender i guess you'd say and that's going to be in september at the earliest so and again but that's only one platform right like i think we're going to get games on a single platform that are very very good this year does feel like you know we're kind of we're kind of reaping all the um rewards of everyone's you know had to delay everything and um a silver lining here is that 2022 is going to be a really good gaming year but i don't know that there's another big game like this coming to every platform that people are going to be talking about more than more than Elden Ring. Yeah. Well, I might I might have to get this sooner than later then because I like the idea of um, the the water cooler conversations about the yeah. Did you yeah. see this? Did you see that? Like that was uh, I, I love that about RPGs. Like that was uh, you know one of the things that made Xenoblade Two so great was you know everyone saying like oh did you find this place in uh, you know in Uriah or this place or that place? Did you see this? Like yeah. So yeah. I'm, uh, hopefully uh maybe in like a couple weeks or a month or whatever when when i can grab it maybe they'll have that ps5 boost or something where you know mm-hmm. I- i'm sure that's in the pu- that's in the pipeline i'm they sure they're working, working on, on it, they're yeah. going to be patching this game constantly like they, they yeah. see the critical reception everybody's playing it it's, it's an online game so for that reason they constantly have to be working on it anyways right so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what they add but um it's just <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm speechless by this. I'm a speechless. I'm left speechless by, by Elden Ring. I, 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 you know, you know how much I was looking forward to it. And you know, anyone who asked like, what game are you most looking forward to is between triangle strategy and Elden Ring. And like Elden Ring is just, yeah, exceeded all my expectations. So I, I can't wait to play more. I, 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 I don't even know how much more I'm going to play. Like I said, 18 hours, like this does feel like an easy 80 to hundred kind of, yeah. kind of game for me. And maybe, maybe more, we'll see. 
Well, the uh, I guess we'll end with the game that uh, that's actually delaying my purchase of Elden Ring <laughs> because I wanted to play the demo, and as of the recording, we're recording a couple days before its release, and that's a Triangle Strategy on Nintendo Switch. So the the it's funny because we had that demo that came out last year, and that kind of threw us kind of in the middle. Uh, I I think it was around the middle of the story or somewhere. It was it was like partway into the story so that we could get in battles and stuff and kind of see the more advanced mechanics of the battles, which was fine. But the problem was, is that you didn't really have any story context of what, what was going on. Like you're just like, you know, you're with all these people. You don't know who they are and you're not really supposed to know at that point because they just want you to feel the game. And it was nice. It felt great. And um, but, you know, hard for me to get into. And then the the demo came out and. I started playing and man, was I getting Legend of the Heroes vibes because the the amount of yakety yak in this game. It's so funny because it, it it's turned off people, which is crazy to me. It, like, I understand it. Like, not not everybody likes the uh, the deep story or the deep lore. But it was funny to like being able to see the characters interact and seeing the story unfold just got me extremely excited about triangle strategy like it it has um and it's funny that the demo so the way that the whole world is set up reminded me so much of uh, rise of the third power the the Mm -hmm. the game that we just played because it has these these uh you know three kind of i guess three countries that were that uh you know recently finished war and now uh there's like peace in the land and two of the countries are building a stronger alliance and and like, you know, one is a democracy or one's kind of a democracy, I guess, sort of, uh, you know, one is uh, a monarchy. And then the third one is kind of like um, a holy state, I guess, or, or run by kind of like a religious figure. Uh, so and then the, the the politics around it all, like trying to, you know, maintain this peace while there's always these these politics going on underneath and uh just the amount of characters we get introduced to in the demo uh is which was i think it took me about three hours i think like i was trying to i I was i felt like i was taking my time with it and then even at the end of three hours i was kind of like oh this is it (laughs) yeah it was was about the same for me two and two and a half two and a half almost three hours yeah same for me yeah so but yeah just like you know, uh, meeting Sarah Noah at the beginning, and then finding out he's be he's you know has this this marriage set up with Frederica, who's from the the northern country of Esfrost, and then you kind of see them have the the you know the, there's kind of like a conference, I guess, between the three countries, and then you <laughs> like there's so many great personalities. Like I don't remember the names, but there's um, the half brother and sister from Frederica are like the biggest chirps ever just walking around, like chirping everybody and everything, like making fun of Frederica. And then um, the countries, the, the, the King Regna was like, you know, partake of our alcohol and everything. And then the guy's like, Oh, this, this wine, like we, we gotta, we gotta drink this crap, I guess. They're like the, the, the wicked stepsister, wicked stepsister <laughs> yeah. and stepbrother, right? Like something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Prince Roland, uh, he has the same problem. Like he's got, uh, you know, his older brothers uh, seem to be kind of uh, jerks to him. And, but then he's got like, uh, it seemed like his sister was kind of on the fence of like, you know, supporting him, but kind of like stuck in her station or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many personalities. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, they're just buzzing because I'm just like soaking up the story. And they have so many, 
cutscenes, I guess, like uh, of just talking, like uh, you know, interaction. And um, the one big difference between this and Legends of Heroes is that there's well, with Legends of Heroes, you're you're kind of watching the story unfold to a certain degree. Like there's not a whole lot of like there's side quests and side stories that you can find and stuff, but you know, there, it doesn't have the same, uh, uh, you know, like it, with, with triangle strategy, there seems to be a lot of options on where the story goes. Mm-hmm. Like in the demo, uh, you know, when you get past the first little bit, you have the choice of either going to the, the Northern state of S frost or the Southern, you know, desert area of, um, Hyzantine, I think it's called Hyzant, Hyzant. Yeah. Hyzant. Yeah, and, um, and so, so you have all these choices that are being made and then the scales of conviction mechanic is, is neat. The, I'm a little concerned about how, how much, uh, the, 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 the option that they give you is like, okay, we're going to use the scales of conviction to decide whether we go North or South. Yeah. And then, and then, so like you as the, as Sarah Noah, decide like i'm not going to really make the choice for you know this is democracy we're going to have nine people and they're going to we're all going to vote and then we'll see where we go but really what you're doing is like you're forcing you're not forcing but like you're manipulating people to vote the way you want anyway so i'm kind of like "Mm, i hope when we get further into the game it's not going to be so simple of a manipulation to, mm-hmm. to just choose the way I want to go. Like I'm hoping there's more pushback or I'm, I'm hoping that past decisions and interactions will affect my ability to be able to manipulate future choices. Like I would love to be able to, to go in and be like, okay, I'm choosing this. And then everyone's like, no, screw you. We're going, we're doing the other thing. Like, I want that. I don't want to, I don't want it just to be binary choice because at that point, like, well, to just give me the choice, like why waste our time with the skills if, you know, if, if you can just force your way through things. So, yeah, I mean, if, if the whole mechanic is just to, um, you know, talk to people and see where they're leaning and try to push them one way, like, yeah, you do want it to be, if they were just going to vote their own way anyways, like what's the point of even talking to them, right? Like, or yeah. if you can just, if you can just easily persuade them, as soon as you talk to that person, they're instantly on your side, then th- that defeats the whole purpose of it as well. Yeah. So yeah. it would be, I mean, that, I think that first decision is pretty, binary though right like going yeah, it's very go easy south, to manipulate like, them yeah and, and that probably that, i mean that makes sense that you know the beginning of the game they're not going to start off with like a life or death decision right <laughs> yeah, about right. you know that, that you're, you're going to shape yeah. the whole rest of the game but um i thought it was cool that at the end of the demo you get a different character depending on which path you take um, yes. And so you, David, you went to Ace Frost in the north. And w- so what, what can you tell me? I, I haven't seen that yet because I, I went to the south. So can you tell me about what transpired when you went there uh, and you, what character you got? Like what kind of battle or who did who did you even battle? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. So we went there and we met with Gust- Gustav, I think his name is. is So this is the brother of uh, Frederica, who is the arch archduke, I think it yeah, is I think that's the right. official title of of the basically runs runs S Frost, and so you you kind of meet with them, and he seems nice enough, but you can tell that he's uh, there's something else going on there. And um, what happens is is that you find out that um, so while you're talking to Gustav, there's a there's a guy, there's two people that are trying to uh, find this or stop this salt smuggling ring. So there's the so the, there's one character I think his name is Rudolph I could be wrong about that it's pretty sure it's Rudolph and so he's kind of um, this ex salt smuggler himself 
and he's helping one of the guards of Esfrost uh, find, you know, you know, it's basically like a drug drug bust, yeah. for lack of a better term. And so the guard, so they figure out where the drop is being made or whatever for the smuggling. So that so the guard goes back to Gustav while I'm talking to uh, talking to him, and he explains, like he tells him, you know, that you know, tonight, uh, you know, we're breaking up the ring. But he says that they're going to need some more guards, and I guess Esfrost, for whatever reason, they're they're undermanned for for some reason or another. So Gustav asks Sarah Noah if he and his party can assist in uh, stopping the smuggling ring. Mm, okay. So so the uh, w- what happens is, is you get to kind of walk around the, the capital of Esfrost to kind of get your bearings of, of the area. And then what happens is, is there's this nighttime battle where basically you take your party and you fight the smugglers and it's like in the streets of, <laughs> of, of this, uh, the Esfrost capital. So, um, so the, the, the smuggler is the one that joins your party, Rudolph. And um, so he is kind of like your rogue archer type. Um, so he has like longer, um, you don't actually get to use him in the demo. Like he, he's a uh, computer, like he's an NPC at, in it. Like he, he's choosing his own actions, but mm-hmm. at the end he joins your party. So clearly like you'll be able to use him, um, when the demo, like in the, in the main game, like the demo ends before you actually get to use him. But, um, yeah, like it, it, he has like a longer range attack as an archer and stuff. And, um, had a couple abilities i didn't i didn't quite it was right at the end so i wasn't really paying attention um but he has abilities that you can use and uh and yeah so basically when you know we we beat the arch the the smugglers and there's kind of like this you know epiphany of like oh man you know the the salt scarcity and s frost is is rough like you know it's it's definitely like there's this politics of the taxes of uh you know creating this you know separate classes of people and stuff. And so Sarah Noah heads back to uh, the demo ends with uh, Rudolph. uh, uh, Like, so as an, as a ex smuggler, he actually had charges against him for smuggling and the, the charges would be dropped if he left the kingdom of Estrost. And so Sarah Noah uh, offers to, you know, come, come join my house. So Rudolph decides to, to join the, the house wolf fort. And that's kind of how the demo ends. Yeah, so I, I don't I'm trying to remember what I can. I finished the demo basically when it came out, I guess it was after that direct. Um, and, and I really need to go back and, and play that again before the full game comes out. But uh, yeah, so I went to the south. I went to Hyzant. Hyzant is where um, it's a, it's more like a religious place, I guess. Uh, so yes. you, you, you don't kind of like a sense, papal like, state almost, I think. Uh, that's sure, the way they sure. describe it anyway. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I get the sense just from like the the three the, the three factions, like they feel like the more neutral one. I, I feel like it's uh, Glenbrook and Ace Frost that you know maybe they're maybe they're gonna fight. And I think they do. They are fighting in the first demo, right? The first demo yes. from last year. Um, yeah. which uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit later in the game than than we're playing in this prologue demo, but um, yeah. So yeah, so Hyzant. Um, yeah, I, I get just get the sense that they. They may be more mysterious or secretive or something like that. It doesn't seem like they wear their heart on their sleeve as much. And maybe that's kind of the the way it goes when you you paint them as being a little bit more uh, religious or spiritual. Like there's, you know, something something hidden there or they, you know, they, they ascribe to or believe in a higher power. Um, but yeah, so anyways, in that one, you, you do the same kind of thing. You explore one of the one of the main cities there. Um, 
and you the the I'm trying to think the guy you end up getting to recruit on your team is an ice mage. Can't remember his name, but I thought it was cool to get someone like that because you already have Frederica, who's like a fire mage, right? Like she uses fire yep. spells. Uh, and we know from this game that one of the ideas is you can combine magics together or you can you can see the effects of like ice on the battlefield and then you can use fire to melt it. Um, and so maybe you know, if there's water there, uh, you know, maybe I think you can electrify it or something like that. But you can use the elemental sp- uh, spells to create environmental effects and then combine those together to uh, uh, maybe deal more damage or to hinder the enemy in some way. So uh, just just felt cool to kind of get another piece of that elemental puzzle in the Ice Mage from going to the south. But um, I would like to see <laughs> this is the thing I'm, I'm most curious about this game is how different are these paths, right? Like. The battle you fought and like the story and the character, like all those are very different from my path through the demo. <laughs> yeah. um, and if the whole game is like that with these branching paths that are super different, like how many times do you have to play this game to, to see everything? You know, that that's my that's my concern because I'm knee deep in, El- in Elden Ring here. How many yeah. times do I have to play Triangle Strategy to see everything there is? It reminds me of um, Three Houses where... There, the like you have to play the game basically three or four times to see everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, oh, hopefully, anyway, it won't be like my critique of Three Houses was that like you have to play about twenty hours of identical before you get the second twenty hours, which is different. So hopefully that that would be different in this case. But mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned the elemental thing because that was one of the things that stood out for me in the demo was um, because we were in Esfrost where it's cold. The, right. So yes, there, yes. there was snow everywhere. There were ice everywhere. So I was using Frederica. What the way I was doing it was, um, so when she used her fire, it would melt the ground. So there was puddles. So I built this network of puddles uh, around. And before the battle, I'd actually bought a whole bunch of of the elemental attacks. Okay. Because there's like stones you can buy, like fire stones, yes, ice stones, that's right, and, that's right. um, and whatever the electric stone is called. And so, yeah, so I was having Frederica set up this, you know, this patchwork of of uh, water. And then I had Benedict dropping electricity bombs. And so I was like hitting five or six enemies at a time with like this this electricity chain. Right. Just going through all like I probably had about 20 squares of water and the electricity was hitting everybody. And so it was it was terrific. Like uh, I just love how the combat like because you talk about like the story could be different every game well mm-hmm. you you could do one battle like 10 different ways <laughs> just yes, with the, sure. whoever you choose to be in your party and then whoever you decide to go out like if you go out and you just want to you know you know, take take all the brutes and just pound your way through you could try it that way or you could try with the elements or I remember the first demo, like burning down houses and stuff like to get to yeah, people. That's and, right. That's right. Like, so, the, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, you know, further into the game where I bet you that it gets pretty some some pretty complicated uh, transactions that you can do just to take out tons of enemies at once. And I think Paige, when she played that first demo, I think she tried to win that fight. The one you're talking about where you you can burn the buildings down. She tried to win that fight without burning them down. And I think that's that's a cool thing that, that you can have like maybe miniature challenges depending on the map. Like you know, do we want to destroy this village <laughs> or and, and <laughs> yes. maybe, maybe the villagers are going to comment on that later. Maybe it'll come into play in the story. I don't know, but um, the, the, the way you, the way you play it just for your enjoyment is one way, but also the fact that the choices you make in battle can have an impact on the story maybe would be really cool. Right. So um, yeah. 
the both demos, I think, have shown us different parts of the game. We've gotten a good feel for what the combat's going to be like. Uh, maybe, you know, we want to see more of the, the nuance to the decision making for sure. I, I don't have a problem with this game being story heavy because I, I thought Final Fantasy Tactics was pretty story heavy, too. And it's obvious that this is like, a, you know, a spiritual successor, successor in a way yeah. to that game. You know, like they're probably not going to make another Final Fantasy Tactics game. If they do, they'd probably remake or remaster the first one. That's fine. But I don't think we're getting any sequels to that series. But, you know, maybe we would get sequels to this. Like maybe if Triangle Strategy does well, I could see us getting more games in this style. Like they're they're so Square Enix is so obsessed now with HD 2D. And, and and for good reason, I think. I think it's the it's awesome. It, it's it, it's the it's a, it's a way to appeal to retro fans and you know present things in a new way, right? Like they they don't yep. want to just re-release everything, you know, piecemeal. They 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 like a lot of companies, they want you know at least a lot of companies that kind of value their IP. They're trying to bring forward their old properties in a meaningful way rather than just re-releasing them. Because as soon as yeah. you just just port basic games, like I'm thinking about like even the Star Wars, the recent Star Wars ports, like people aren't really talking about those very much. They kind of just slipped under the radar. I think people are a lot more interested in the uh, KOTOR remake than they were yes. any of the KOTOR re-releases, right? Because the re-releases, they're just straight ports, basically. Uh, maybe a few... And not um, great ones. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, So <laughs> yeah. you notice those flaws even more when it doesn't even play like the original game necessarily, right? If there's other bugs yeah. that sneak in. So... Yeah, but I'd love to see this game, uh, you know, if, if, if it turns out that the whole thing is fantastic, like, let's see more of these for sure. And I, I just think that's a possibility given Square Enix being all in on HD 2D. I feel like RPG Factory might be done. Like, that feel like feels like it was an experiment, you know, with um, what was yeah. the game we played? Uh, I Am Setsuna. I Am Setsuna. Lost, and Lost Sphere, I think, was another Lost one. Lost Sphere. And then there was one more that I reviewed, the third one, yes. which I, I was actually okay. pretty decent. <laughs> I cannot I remember, remember the, the name. third one though, and it was different because it wasn't a turn-based RPG. Oh, it was more of a hack and um, slash. But I know the one you're talking about. It was actually the third one that came out. That was the one yeah, where yeah. it had it. It was like the name of the character was the name of the game. I think and that's right. You went into the afterlife or something. Yeah, was like yeah, yeah. Thing That that one was good. Like I, I, it's more I of really like RPG. I think. And I think that was also like RPG fact, Tokyo RPGs factory, like saying, okay, like let's try one more different thing. If it doesn't work, maybe, maybe this is it yeah. for us. I don't know. Um, and, you know, God, I'm certainly not endorsing, you know, studios shutting down or anything like that, but maybe roll, you roll them into, you know, the Octopath team or, or just working yeah. with the Sano in some capacity on any of these HD 2d games. But it's, it, it looks like even just this year could be an HD 2D year of riches, right? You got some HD 2D in the Final Fantasy VI uh, release uh, that just that just came out, right, for Steam and Wobble, yep. uh, the Pixel remaster. Uh, you've got oh, Dragon Quest III, Dragon Quest III HD, whatever that comes, uh, Live Alive. And we know they, they've already expressed that they're really interested in continuing to use this. So, hey, yep. don't be shocked if in a year or two you see a Chrono, <laughs> a chrono Trigger remaster in this style. I, I, I think TDC, that's yeah. I think it's definitely a possibility. This is their way to bring forward games like that. So, well, this yeah. is this is to me, this is perfect for the Switch because the Switch is not like the For me, Square Enix is like there's like two versions of Square Enix. There's the high end PlayStation where you get like your Final Fantasy seven remakes, your Stranger Paradise that they need graphic intensive you know, high-end consoles to, to make these mm -hmm. things work. Final Fantasy 16, then, yeah. Yeah, Final Fantasy 16. Um, but then you've got, uh, like, you kind of, I don't know, I don't want to just say handheld, but but that 
like the Nintendo division, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you got your kind of retro JRPGs, you know, signature or tradition. And now, but they've, they've found a way to modernize it. And I think that yeah. 2D HD is, is, is kind of their pathway forward. I think like, like you said, uh, I enjoyed I am Setsuna, um, to a certain degree. I mean, it was, it yeah. was fine, but it's, to me, it, it's almost too traditional. Like to have the 2D HD, implemented i just think is is you know the next step it's it, to me that like that's what i want for switch i want more of those games like like i i'm right? Cessna didn't learn any lessons from modern games but i feel like these games like octopath triangle strategy does feel like they're learning from the mistakes or, or you know moving on moving away from things in the past when these games you know when these kind of pixel games originally came out like on super nintendo for example they're not just kind of straight <laughs> using all of the sensibilities of that generation like they're 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 making yeah. them so that they're playable in you know 2020 2022 like they're, they're games for this generation now right yeah yeah no those are the games i want like it's i you know it's great to have access to the old ones but I don't know. To me, it's like if I can play, if I can play it with this kind of new way of looking at it, like I'd prefer that than just straight port. Yeah. Like, I, but don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still looking forward to playing the Pixel Remasters one day. Like that, that, that is going to happen. And I, I like that they experimented with FF6 and putting HD 2D into it, like with the opera scene. I think that's really neat. Yeah. And you know, maybe you don't need and to fully go voiced. full. Yeah, exactly. Fully voiced like in full orchestral. Like it's not just the SNES chip. Like it's full on singing in, in seven different languages. That's a really cool way to kind of pay homage to what came before and give it to a new audience or the people that that have played it before. But there are still some problems with those games, right? Like they, they don't include cut content. They don't include um, really a, a, a nice font. <laughs> like I see everyone complaining about the yeah. font and I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did you ship this? But um yeah, hopefully you know, you those things are good patch and address. Yeah, you, you can you can fix it if you if you're so inclined. But um, yeah, yeah. At, at any rate, like triangle strategy, we're we're almost there. Uh, we'll we'll see how it's able to compete with my time <laughs> for with Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, but uh, right. <laughs> I think at the very least, we can say that the first three months of uh, 2022 have been pretty good so far. Oh yeah, man! Like it, it, it's been. It's looking, I mean, it's early, so I don't want to jinx it, but it's looking like it could be one of the better years for RPG yeah. fans. Like, it's just the funny the thing is, like, great. And the things we know are coming. That's are it. Insane. Yeah. We, 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 then the there's stuff we, know, we don't even know yet. Don't, yeah. We don't even know. Like, there's, there's got to be a yeah. state of play sometimes from Sony soon. We need to see some more of their stuff. Um, yeah. Xbox might not say a lot till E3, but they should have a good E3 presentation. We should finally see, like, a big Starfield. Uh, that game's gonna be deep dive, I would think that game's gonna be awesome. Here's here's the thing I was thinking about. Um, like it, it's March, we're recording on March second. Really, there haven't even been many big indies that have come out yet. You know, like Infernax yep. was fun, but like you know, there, there, I think there are still big indies to be announced and to release. Some of the big games that we've been enjoying, they're 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 AAA, they're full retail price games. You know, Pokemon Legends, Horizon, Elden Ring, Triangle Strategy. Um, but there haven't been a lot of smaller games that have you know, demanded our attention, you know, like, yeah. we, we talked about a couple uh, on you know, the, the Deedlet episode, but um, it's still, it's not the same. They're not, there's not this big buzz around those games. I'm looking forward to some of those games getting announced and talked yeah. about more soon too. Well, even the ones we know, like Sea of Stars may come in 2022 uh, yeah, or early yeah. 2023, maybe, but stuff like that. Like I, there's gotta be some of those games that we just don't know about 
Yeah, CFC of Stars, you know, I went to a preview event last week. I, I posted a little preview on uh, Nintendo World Report. People can check it out. But um, that game, just it, it's going to be phenomenal. Like the preview didn't even show very much. It was like, this is a very, very special game. Uh, yeah. Even if you didn't play the messenger or didn't, didn't like the messenger, it's such a different game. Um, but it's clear that the the team working on it is focusing on just making it enjoyable. It's not it's not strict. There's no grinding. It's just about kind of fun and exploration. So yeah, Sea Star is going to be great. But I mean, sil- must Silk be Song, uh, where Sil- Silk Song, where's right? There's that yeah. um, Super the, Giant the Games must have something coming out soon. Oh, they they have to. I mean, it's I mean, it's been Hades a while with Hades. A few years, right? Like, yeah. um, and they're usually a good like every three or four years something they bring out uh, a new something game. Good. So yeah. at least get an announcement from them. Uh, I was going to say, um, there's that uh, links of. Link's Awakening type game from uh, the Shovel Knight guys. No. Oh no. yeah, there, there's like a GBA style uh, game yeah, coming from yeah. them. Yeah, I That's can't remember one. what its name, but I remember seeing that. Yeah, they just announced that they've got Yuzo Kashiro doing the soundtrack, which is awesome. And yeah. it's funny, like I, I wouldn't picture him doing like that style of game, but I, I love his chiptune stuff. So if that's the direction they're going with the soundtrack, man, I'm all for it. So yeah, that game looks great. I want to see more of that. Uh, but yeah. Just none of those games have come out yet. Like all the, <laughs> the big indies that we know and the ones we don't know, they're not out yet. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a great year. Oh, yeah. A, a great, expensive, busy, <laughs> no time, right. backlog increasing year. That's for sure. And then maybe next month I'll still be playing Elden Ring or Triangle Strategy. I don't even know. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling this pressure, this stress, and we'll, we'll wrap up in a sec, but feeling this pressure to finish games. And I, I know I said this kind of like my, my resolution for 2022 is don't don't feel pressure to finish games. I'm going to finish Elden Ring. Uh, it's just how many hours do I put in before I do that? You know, like same yeah. thing with Breath of the Wild. Like how much of Breath of the Wild are you going to play before you just go and fight Ganon? You know, like that that's how I'm feeling about Elden Ring now. Like I need to kind of weigh my time with Triangle Strategy on the horizon with, you know, I, I'm really interested in playing Kirby. Uh, that That's the end of March um advanced wars uh the the re-release of advanced wars in april like we, we we've we've seen those infographics we've seen all the great games that are coming out in the next few months like and even the ones that haven't been announced yet who knows like there's going to be stuff to to take uh to, you know sink our teeth into so mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 it's <laughs> why is it so stressful like this is our this is our hobby like we, we love doing this why is there stress associated yeah. with it i don't know but it feels like 2022 yeah. is going to be the year of the spreadsheet because it's going to be like okay when does this overlap with this and when does yeah. this come out when does that come out and how much money do do i have to spend on this and that and it's like okay what's the opportunity cost of i know continuing I know. to play elden ring and, or <laughs> yeah. you know going well, i've already i've already bought and... elden ring i get you that. like you like you said like you've already bought something i'll just play that instead but yep oh man yeah there's there's gonna be a lot of fomo this year too like especially around some of the big games like if you don't play and everyone's talking about it yeah well i'm already uh going to gamestop daily waiting for the xenoblade 3 pre-order because i want to be there like the second it it launches like the second i can or pre-order that game that i'm going to be all over it uh, i can't wait definitely definitely now i mean now that you know elden ring is out triangle strategy is basically i'm already getting that that's already a most anticipated but um yeah xenoblade definitely is probably at the top right now of most anticipated game that that and starfield the thing is the thing about starfield is like i don't even have an xbox yet so i need starfield to blow me away (laughs) then i then i buy a cons i buy an xbox in the summer i have game pass i have all these well more games i'd have no no time for but yeah yeah oh you'll have Uh, you'll have fomo for for days as soon as game pass as soon as you see and the worst part of game pass to, to me is that when you go into the my games they show you all 
the entire yeah, like yeah. 600 oh, no. game library and i'm yeah, like no don't hilarious. show me this <laughs> like i don't want to <laughs> see tough. all the games that i could be playing it's that's too when much. you just re- that's when you rip up the backlog you throw in the <laughs> you dump some kerosene on you throw that's in right. the fire you know, yeah yeah barbecue it Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, I think that'll uh, take us to the end of this one. Really happy to share some thoughts on on Elden Ring here, here, uh, David, how you enjoyed the Triangle Strategy demo uh, and, and even getting into Voice of Cards. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I'm sure you'll uh, get through that at some at some point, you know, <laughs> <laughs> got to sneak there, got to get to that in quick so I can finish it off before uh, Triangle Strategy. Yeah, got 48 yeah, more go. hours to get probably 10 more hours in fortunately it isn't that long i think i think you can probably get through that you said you were kind of past the southern continent um there's, yeah, I think there's three, three hours more. in i think it was yeah, the first yeah. game was like 12 hours and i was taking my time with that the first one so i could probably yeah th- this is about the same and, and frankly you can probably run away from most of the random encounters too to save time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, 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 just, you just don't need to grind in that game so you can get yep. through that fast but yeah, but uh, you know, thanks everybody for listening to our discussion about Elden Ring and some of the other games we're playing. Uh, obviously, we're super excited for Triangle Strategy. We'll be talking about that more probably next week. Share some impressions of the game with everybody. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we'd love uh, love your feedback, whether that's through your podcast app, your podcast service. Um, you know, we're on, we're on Spotify now. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Thirsty Mage. Uh, David's going to have a review of Voice of Cards up at some point uh, if he's able to finish yep. it before Triangle Strategy comes out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, lots of, lots of good things coming up on the Thirsty Mage. So uh, check us out. Tell your friends about us. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, feedback from anyone listening out there. You can reach David, David at thethirstymage.com uh, for email uh, inquiries or thoughts or comments or episode suggestions. You know, I'd love some uh, suggestions for after this deluge of games comes out. Like I think we've got March kind of planned out a little bit. But, you know, after that, you know, there aren't too many rpgs that we know about on the horizon so you know let us uh let us know what uh, what you want to hear about if there's some smaller games or things we can go back to uh maybe we'll check them out but yeah i think that'll do us for for now so thanks everybody again for listening and we'll talk to you again next week bye for now bye